Morning Show. Joining us now in our studios, we have uh, Northfield Mayor Rhonda Powdell and City Administrator uh, Ben Mardigan. Good morning. Good morning. Thank Good morning, you Jeff. So much for it's coming in. Out. in today. Yes. <laughs> Almost. Daylight savings time. Did that have anything to do with it? I yeah. Know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, last night I uh, had dinner and everything, and I thought I'm going to kick back and watch TV, and I started falling asleep again it's like oh man it's 6 20 i can't fall asleep yet so i forced myself to to stay up till almost nine o'clock yeah i just night, remember is... last week it was dark at this time yeah yeah well, last wednesday so poof now all of a sudden it's light out what do you know last uh last night you had a council meeting the uh, first council meeting of the uh of the month of december so you'll have uh, another one a little bit later on um let's uh, first of all there's there's some events uh, that happened last night certainly one event where uh the uh the Northfield hockey community came out in support of uh, of a new arena you heard a lot of good things from a lot of people uh, on that front. Uh, however, there was uh, someone who uh, on uh, Zoom, uh, not attending, but on Zoom, that uh, made some comments that were um, uh, just horrific from what I understand, from the way it was quoted to me, uh, and and uh, certainly... You know, not not I'm sure not appropriate for the uh, for the uh, city council meeting. Uh, that is a issue that we've never seen before mm-hmm. here in Northfield. People mm-hmm. making some very derogatory, some very racially sensitive remarks uh, on the uh, uh, during a council meeting. Um, it kind of happened quickly in the middle of nowhere, like dropped sure. down from out of the sky. Yeah. I guess, Mayor, what? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Can you give us an idea? I mean, is that something? I know you're going to have to look into this and probably build mm-hmm. some type of sure. policy around it. But sure. what what are your initial thoughts? Well, we all, even during COVID, right, we have experience where you have people that just show up in your meetings uh, with um, not the best of intentions, right? And they find a way to access the technology and use it to their advantage to bring disruption. And uh, it's very possible that the comments that were shared last night may have been a recording and not an individual person saying those specific comments, although they put them out there. But I also, and yes, absolutely, completely inappropriate. And yes, we will be doing everything that we can possible to ensure it does not happen again. It's not acceptable uh, to interrupt an officially, an official meeting of the public in that manner. And uh, I know that we're going to work hard to and yeah put any necessary safeguards in place so that um, that it just can't happen again. And I know that we're not the only entity that this has ever happened to, but we're going to do our best to put the safeguards in place. And all of the comments that came in from our those that were there last night, I don't want this particular person's. We have a really important choice right now. We can either focus on the inappropriate comments or we can shed more light and give more emphasis to all of the positivity that came around with all of those folks that came in last night to share their perspectives on what hockey meant to them. And I hope that we don't miss this moment to give a, a overemphasis to something that was completely inappropriate and allow it to drown out the positivity of those that were giving of their time to be there last night. And I think it's so easy 
for us to do that in our culture. And it would be a completely, we will address the inappropriateness, but we need to also elevate the, all of the comments that were shared there by the individuals. We had like 111 pages that were of uh, letters and things like that from the young people in our community that, uh, Share their comments with the council on why hockey is important to them. Yeah, let's move into that yeah, conversation. That you great. had a, a you know a, a house full of people there that yeah. uh, gave their comments. As you'd mentioned, some people had written in. Um, overall, the uh, new arena certainly has its supporters. There's no question mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. Did you learn anything new, or were there some things about last night that uh, you could take away that maybe you didn't know before? I think it, what we heard was a, it put a face. People were willing to be present and put a face on what it meant for them from a personal standpoint of what hockey meant to them, playing the sport, what it means to our families. And I think it's helpful for us to know and understand that. And I really appreciate uh, the level of effort that was put out to share that with the public. These are these are our friends, our neighbors, and this is a really important component for why people, it's a quality of life amenity. It's just one of many sports that our community supports, and everything costs money, but we heard last night just how important this particular sport is to so many families and young people in our community, and they did just a wonderful job of sharing from their their own viewpoint, their personal perspective, in a really respectful and honoring way that was just really, really great to have there last night in the council chambers. Let's talk about where this is going. Obviously, it's going to, uh, they're building up some momentum, and uh, the, we've, uh, it's, it's a it's a conversation that's going to be pretty dominant, I think, in 2024. That's going to be build its uh, way into the uh, forefront uh, with perhaps a referendum sometime uh, next year as well. So you've got uh, some uh, very good comments. You, you have uh, uh, at least a, a portion of the uh, population that uh, you know is strong, avid supporters of this. Um, from the, the city standpoint, what what do you do next? What are the next steps? Do you think there's going to be a, um, you know, a city conversation, workshop? Oh, are you going to discuss this more? Yeah, so I would say uh, the, the immediate thing that the council's been looking at over, I think, a couple of uh, closed meetings is uh, we have an uh, interest in uh, buyer of the arena if if the city's interested of in that that's one item related to the uh, terms and conditions of sale that we can go into closed session to discuss we're anticipating one at the end of november with the council and then after that period of time we think then they'll be coming forward publicly at least i anticipate that with more information related to that potential and even in the council workshops, we've been mainly looking at, I would say, maybe four options related to the arena that I think will be in the new year when we'll be early in the new year having discussions around that to move move to getting direction from the council. It'll give time for the public to, to hear some of that. But it would be, um, one would be staying where we are and just doing a minor ice system replacement. Um, and that's it just to kind of keep things going we are going to get a new roof in the in the spring due to an insurance claim so three hundred thousand dollar improvement we're getting due to hail damage and things that we received so through our insurance carrier so that's a positive i guess related to the roof system um 
a major remodel of the existing arena option, and there's a lot of remodeling that needs to be done in that building to really get it uh, to, um, if we really want it to be a long-term kind of uh, investment. Another one would be potentially selling the arena and building a new uh, facility um, uh, in Northfield. The single sheet is really what the Hockey Association leadership's been talking about with that, um, and the city's been kind of focused on. And then the last one would be we evaluate um, potentially selling the building and getting out of the ice business uh, in Northfield, and is there other partnerships with other communities to do it on a more coordinated regional basis? So those are the options. Um, so we're we're vetting some of those, but then that will all be open for discussion. So it's it's mm-hmm. you know the conversations. There'll be plenty of time for public conversations on that. We need to get more direction from the city council coming up. There won't be any immediate kind of decisions related to that. There'll be time for for good input. But to the mayor's point, I do think it's important that we've heard some voices in the community, and it's important to hear others too. Like last night, I think we heard more directly people impacted and knowing more about uh, the ice. And we also have is focused on a lot of hockey people, but we also have um, figure skating people and other users too for open skate. So um, probably a lot more input we're going to have. It's not, not an easy topic and we're working through it. It's been a long-term project for the city um, and in our partners with the school district and private groups to try and come into a solution. And we're still working through that. City Administrator Ben Martin and uh, also Northfield Mayor Rhonda Pownell are sitting in with us uh, this morning. Let's move on to uh, the regular agenda items. Uh, uh, you had just one uh, one thing on the agenda's resolution to review and adopt alternative urban area-wide review and mitigation plan for the Northwest area. Uh, explain what that uh, what that means. Yeah, and just uh, started out so. Um, the council has a strategic plan that we're working off of. Within that, there are six key priorities, not in any particular order, but one of them is economic vitality, and we've identified the importance of growing our tax base. Um, and this, the Alternative Urban Area Review and Mitigation Plan is what it is, A-U-A-R. Boy, it's it. It's kind of a mouthful. But it, it is something that is necessary and important that needs to happen in advance of any business that would desire to locate out there in that area. So it's front-loading some of the analysis. Uh, there's a transportation component to it, an environmental component. There's so much in there that would need to be done before a business uh, could locate out there. And so, in, in effect, it's just we're front-loading it. We're getting it done early in the, um, before a business would choose to locate out there. So it's almost, I think I said last night, shovel ready, but it's not, it's a shovel ready type component, getting the area ready, uh, doing the analysis and, um, guidance and vetting of uh, what mitigation plans need to be in place so that when a business does decide to locate up out there, this part is finished. So, and so what- it's, yeah, what are the action steps for this? Uh, what what happens with this now that uh, I, I'm, I'm presuming this was approved last night? Yep, the okay. council voted on it unanimously, and mm-hmm. it's just a, yeah, I'll let Ben get into a little bit more of the specifics, but this was fully covered. Um, the cost of this was fully covered by XL Energy, and we've had different businesses that are reaching out to the city to um get the information and such to determine whether or not they want to locate out there. And so this is really important background information that our city can utilize. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I would say, you know, to the mayor's point, this is a major milestone for shovel readiness related to that development area. This is a year in the making. A lot of public comment, state agencies, local, identifying environmental potential impacts. So now that it's approved by the city council, this is in effect kind of a new regulatory and, and guiding document to lead developers who are interested in it through more clear processes for different issues, um, whether it's transportation, environmental, um, all kinds of different issues related to potential development impact. So it's a major issue. Um, it will um, provide a lot more clearer direction as far as uh, approval processes in the future and identifying uh, development opportunities and the it gets through some different approval processes in a more comprehensive way that you don't have to then do it individually so it's also less expensive uh, to go through this process as we get interest I would say um, this area has water and sewer very close by the area we have a site for a new water tower that's ready to go um, we're working with MnDOT on Highway 19 improvements for better connectivity. It's a very desirable site, I think, for the city. We've had interest both from local businesses potentially to expand there as well as outside of the community. We've had business interest to try and, you know, look at meeting some of our goals as a community to grow the tax base um, and do it in a way that, that really is what the community wants and desires to meet some of those goals. So I'd say some of the next steps you will see is we're in the middle of a comprehensive plan process. So further identification and implementation of what we learned in the, in the AUAR, integrating with that. Um, it is already a priority growth area within the city and identified its in-city limits. Um, uh, so maybe identifying more specifically strategies of the types of industries that will also lead towards us working on probably doing some modifications to our zoning code to have a more appropriate, you know, light industrial type of designation out there that might also be applicable in the rest of the city. We literally have three light industrial sites and they're relatively small. And on two of the three sites, the owner's basically non-responsive. So the city is really out of infill sites. This is a new growth opportunity, but I would say because it's contiguous to our infrastructure that the city has, it's really it really meets our goals related to incremental growth for the city. So it's really getting primed up. There's more steps to do, but I would say, uh, you know, uh, that that comprehensive uh, plan process is going to be an important part, uh, uh, an important piece of the process. Um, but this is also going to be. Um, of interest to speculate speculate speculation on development interest so uh, excel energy also will be marketing this nationwide one of the options was a, a potentially a tech park we've had a, we've had an interest interest from like data center type business um, opportunities um, and also non non-technology related ones as well so we'll be continuing to explore those but this was a really important piece and the council uh, supported that it was really important to understand the uh, kind of the broader picture of that development area. And so this is a great opportunity and we got it for free. But that doesn't happen very often. So that's a mm -hmm. positive thing. Yeah. And it doesn't come with conditions either. There was, you know, mm -hmm. it was very much low pressure. It was completely in the community's decision to, to explore that and Excel Energy sees it as an opportunity, obviously, for their business to, to generate some um, some additional customers from them. And that's why they, they look at strategic investments on this um, in communities where they see a good opportunity. Yeah. 
Uh, Very exciting. All right. Uh, anything else from last night's meeting? Yeah, I think we should talk about Metronet, quite frankly. I mean, oh, sure, there, yes. Metronet, yeah. Yeah, there are three different presentations that were given right at the beginning of our meeting. I mean, we almost didn't even get to our regular agenda to an hour and a half in because we had such great presentations and then all the feedback and input that we received from our hockey uh, families. But Metronet is a really important component and part of uh, the City Council's strategic plan of ensuring that we've got quality broadband, fiber to the home. Do, gosh, do I got that right? Um, in terms of ensuring that our businesses have adequate infrastructure and fiber is a really important component. I mean, we used to talk about infrastructure just in terms of sewer, water, and roads. Um, we are well past that and ensuring that our business community, uh, residential homeowners, and all of the folks that are now working out of their homes have the the speed that they need to be able to conduct their uh, business or everyday lives. And I think they said last night that they awarded Rochester a gigabyte city designation. I'm like, I don't quite know fully what that all means, but um, I think it's just really important. It's an it's an infrastructure component, and we need to ensure that we, we've got all of that available to our community to the level that people need. Yeah, people are demanding more out of the Internet in this day and age, whether it be at work or at home. Yes. Uh, and the uh, broader band, we've, we just uh, bumped up to, I think, 300 Make, is that gigs, Megs? I have <laughs> right. something up and down, but yeah. it was a noticeable difference uh, yeah. in the service that I we have. And I'm looking forward to Metronet. I've seen them yeah. working throughout the uh, community and looking forward to getting that, uh, uh, seeing what they have to say about, uh, you know, personal packages. Yeah, and I think some of the hidden, you know, things too with this, uh, w- one of our biggest weaknesses previously, which, why it was so strategically important to get this integrated, is that our residential areas were really underserved in capacity. And it's kind of a, from the business side in residential districts, it's a bit of a hidden kind of industry or workforce that we have here is I've had conversations with a gentleman, it's been like a year or so, who spouse had a job locally here. He worked at home from his home. He actually had to have uh, located a specific location and had two different high-speed internet providers coming in because he did this high-tech work out of his home. And he had to have that in order to 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 live and work because it was his job you know i personally have had a wife through covid who now works exclusively from home as a remote worker too so you know like the mayor said reliability of that it's becoming really one of the top things people look at when they are looking to locate to a community from a business standpoint and from now even a personal standpoint high-speed internet accessibility and availability for many people is really at top of list is an important piece this puts us strategically in another position to really be a community that is poised for the future for about any type of speed that we need through Metronet. We still have other com- provider opportunities, too, because competition's good. Um, we've got that as well, so we anticipate it might also mean better prices for people, too, that maybe don't even need that higher speed. So um, I think overall it's just a really exciting um, before they acquired the company, the city had actually been working with the previous company who was based out of Oatana to try and build relationships to get them to Northfield. I'm not saying that got us there, but the council's first strategic plan identified that, and we were exploring relationships during that time, and I think helped to get Northfield kind of top of list to get it done because they actually backed out of another community in the middle of this project, too. 
due to some other competition and issues. Mm -hmm. So this is a really exciting piece. I'm glad the mayor called it out because it's a huge uh, and important investment for our community. Do we know when, uh, what their target date to get everything done and uh, start uh, turning it on for the uh, local residents? Is that going to be in stages as they progress or will it be just one big rollout? Yeah, I'm trying to remember the percentage. I would say they're probably around 90, 95% completed and um, May they're kind of wrapping up the final pieces. So Mm -hmm. People can call them. They can go online to see availability. I literally, like last week in my neighborhood, just got an alert that it became available. So um, I think you'll see things wrapping up. One of the things I did talk about, too, is if you happen to live in a multi-unit private development where you've got interior roads or interior like apartment buildings or condominiums, some of those, too, they potentially have to be working with the management to get connectivity negotiate get connectivity within their private properties Um, so if there's interest or questions around that too the city can help them navigate those questions we'd certainly say start with metronet directly uh, but we can try and work through those things too to try and encourage them to offer the availability within those private areas because basically everywhere in town should have accessibility near their their home or business all right good to hear uh once again mayor of Honolulu and city administrator martig i want to talk about one more thing uh before we uh, let you go and that is uh the archer house uh, we had we had talked about that um, a few weeks ago when you were in. They went before the uh, Heritage Preservation uh, Committee and uh, needing a uh, certificate of appropriateness. Uh, they didn't get it this time. They're going to have to evidently uh, go back. Uh, now they also need to get the the TIF thing finalized. I guess one question would be is, uh, you know, you, you need to have that certificate of appropriateness before the council can act on the TIF. Is that is that correct? Probably or, not. Ab- probably not an absolute answer. Okay. Yes. But I would say that um, we believe that it makes the staff believes that it makes a lot of sense to to get that completed. Mm-hmm. That way, it's much more clear in the conditions of a TIF agreement what they what all of the provisions are and knowing that it's already been approved visually and you know from the outside of the building mm-hmm. and that uh will uh they're going to have to be uh, evidently they've recommended some changes on mm-hmm. uh, some uh sheet metal decorative work that they had yeah. had personally i kind of liked it but uh, didn't uh historically i guess match uh, some of the details or any details from any building uh, here in town uh do they give them instructions when that happens uh hey this has got to be made out of a different material or we're looking to have this and uh, the, the redesign i would imagine is it going to be next month when they beat again or i think uh, jeff i think you're asking some really great questions and <laughs> I I've been I went back and I I watched the HPC meeting and they did such a they've been so engaged they've been doing their homework all along and sharing that uh, that feedback and that input uh, with the developer team the developer team is working really hard to deliver on a project that's really uh, could be a game changer for this down this area right here. Uh, especially as they're bringing forward a project that has two fronts, the front and the back, uh, and the connection to the river there, we are almost there. And my hope is, is that we will continue to work together and find a way forward to 
take care of this last key piece. It's just one more piece, folks. And uh, I hope that people continue to work together in good faith to find a way forward so that the HPC can give their stamp of approval on a COA. It can get to the council. The council can do the TIF assistance agreement. We can get the development development agreement so the developer team can get their project started here in December. Uh, just so important. And we are almost there. I think it's just somebody said on the HBC is a 20 foot by 30 foot section of the front of the building on Division Street that is just the remaining question mark and has some concerns. And it's something that uh, the HPC is, uh, in my understanding, has been repeatedly bringing up. So, folks, let's just <laughs> stay together on it and find a way forward. That's my hope. And we'll get this project going and through the finish line. So, All right. Anything else? Uh, the, the, so just to, last night, the council did have the public hearing on the tax increment financing request and closed to that hearing. Um, and basically, that's a step in the process in order to make tax increment financing a option requires you to have a public hearing that will be coming sometime after the certificate of appropriateness gets completed. Um, I would say that it's going to and that's the only assistance that they're looking at from the city financially for the project would basically be they continue to pay the same taxes they are. They're looking at using the state approved and the city has a very clear process that we've authorized this before for redevelopment does qualify. They're going to need some, you know, significant tax increment financing assistance in order for this project to be viable. The council will ultimately determine that, but that's my opinion and the opinion of our financial consultant that's reviewing that. It did pass that that hearing being uh, completed now does give that opportunity to be done. And then there will be conditions that will be added to that. The council will review that in greater detail. Uh, and then we'll be having more information coming forward and an opportunity for the public to hear that more at that time. Spent a lot of time with questions and answers around TIF. If people want to do a deep dive into it, go back, watch the council meeting because our consultant mm -hmm. and the council's questions were very thoughtful and gets into the weeds of tax increment financing that can be a little hard to understand, um, especially when you don't deal with it very often as well. Yep. It's <laughs> <laughs> not an easy thing to understand. You have to go back and watch that. Thank you both for coming yeah. in today. Much yeah. appreciated, and we'll talk to you again next week. All, All right, right. Thanks. thanks. Northfield Mayor Rhonda Pownell and City Administrator Ben Marting. 95.1 FM and AM 1080 is KYMN, Northfield, Minnesota.